Hey there, welcome to Authentically Raw. I'm your host, Jamie Barris. Hello, Jeanette Borrego. <laughs> welcome to the Authentically Raw podcast. I know I botched it a little bit with my Midwestern accent, but you pronounce your name for us beautifully, please. Janet Borrego. But you did an amazing job, so I want to recognize that. <laughs> I probably could have practiced a little bit more, but I don't know. It might have, might have made it worse. So how are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here with you talking about some deep and transformational topics. So super excited. Yes. You know, what's crazy is just so the audience knows that we were in a coaching, more of a, a program together, just more of like a visibility thing, how to get ourselves out there in this coaching world. And we were more the students. And, you know, I, I saw you for months on a screen, you know, with all kinds of other people on, on our Zoom. And all of a sudden, um, here we are having like a real conversation for the first time. And what sparked that was I, a couple of weeks ago, came home from a run and my phone was just laying on the counter. I'm grabbing some water and this little Instagram live notification pops up. I never, ever click on those and watch them. And when I saw your name, I thought, wonder what she's up to, what she has to say. And so I watched it and I'm so glad I did. I haven't stopped thinking about it. And you were so generous and kind when I quickly DM'd, hey, <laughs> do you remember me? I loved what you said on, on your Instagram live today. Can we talk about it on my podcast? And that's how this conversation came about. And I'm going to back up now that we have everybody's interest peaked, right? Because it is basically about forgiving your mom, but it's, it's way beyond that. And so we'll, we'll go in and we'll go into that. Like I said, I took like a page and a half note of notes just on your <laughs> 20 minute Instagram live. And, but first tell us, you know, who you are, what do you do? So my name is Janet Borrego. As I mentioned before, I am a self mastery coach and speaker earlier on in my life. You know, Jamie, I had studied chemical engineering and it was the first year of my corporate career. And I remember thinking, I spent six years doing internships, studying chemical engineering. I had a six-figure salary as an immigrant, you know, like being 23 years old. I thought I had hit every single success checklist that I was given. And deep inside of me, I felt completely empty and unfulfilled. And it was the first time in my life where I started questioning the path that I was given. And I started realizing that I could create a path that made me feel abundant and fulfilled. So in that process, you know, I became obsessed with understanding myself. And the more I understood myself, the more I realized that my purpose was helping and serving people, mainly women, really fulfill their potential like i was doing really reinvent their lives reinvent their career their businesses with clarity confidence and courage because i truly believe that each one of us we have a highest calling we have an inner voice that is talking to us at all times and i remember earlier on i was hearing that voice and i was tuning that voice out i was lowering the volume 
but as time progressed, that voice got louder and louder and louder until I started paying attention and I started crafting what my purpose was, which now I'm a full-time coach and speaker, but it was a journey to get here, you know, from being an engineer. So as a self-mastery coach and speaker, that's my passion is really guiding women to get to know themselves at the deepest level and to increase the level of worthiness because I truly believe that the gap between where we are and where we want to be is defined by the lack of worthiness and the lack of self-respect. So it's all about like getting to know yourself at a deepest level so you can manifest the life you truly, truly, truly deserve. So that's what I love doing. <laughs> Amazing. And I can tell you're so passionate about it. And that right there tells me you are fulfilled right now. Uh, <laughs> you're so sweet. You, every time you say something, I, I get the chills because I feel so connected. I, I think we truly love what we both do and these type of conversations because we want to serve the world in a very meaningful way. So I'm just excited to be a channel like in both ways where we can share this wisdom with the world. <laughs> And I, just the word meaningful, I think, pops up with me all the time. It's meaningful connections and really how you can give of yourself and help other people. And I think it's so important, but it is, I don't know, you know, I mean, we have our own stuff too, which was totally. basically what you were sharing on Instagram. Which totally. really, really drew me. I, I I loved I loved what you were talking about on Instagram, and I'm gonna let you tell your story for so many reasons. Number one, I think it's not very talked about, and it's I'm gonna say the broader topic of forgiveness. Yeah. But you really hit on forgiving your mom, and as adult children, I think that there is a lot of unforgiveness towards our parents, and yeah. I think it really, really, really affects us in our daily lives. And I also think on that note, how much it made me think of things that I have done and I am doing as a mom of four, that my kids are going to have a lot of unforgiveness towards me as well. And I think it's that understanding of you know, your, your forgiveness level or what you're holding against your parents <laughs> and understanding, you know, there's going, if you have children, that there's going to be a level of, you know, unforgiveness on their part, unless we all release it from ourselves and release ourselves from that burden. And I want you, I was just, when you told your story in the beginning, I felt like I was listening to like an audio version of a novel. I truly did. I could just picture everything. So I would absolutely love it if you would tell your story that brought you to basically your live video, but where you even are now. So tell the story how you did on Instagram oh Live because I'm going to people go back. We'll have to look at the date that that was. I want yeah. people to go back and watch it. It's powerful. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Jamie. So honestly, Jamie, I feel this year I've been in a journey of showing even more authentic you know like i get often hey you're very authentic janet but even i think in a way i'm still transitioning from the corporate mindset of filtering myself or or wanting to be perceived a certain way or i cannot be truly honest 
So this year I committed to this journey of I'm just going to be the most authentic person I can be because in business that's actually helping people. That's actually an advantage. So it's the opposite of what I was taught, you know, in my training, in my nine years of corporate career. So it started with that decision of I want to shop authentic and I want to help people. And I remember listening at this song is the latest song from Shakira, which is all about the about the workers and the immigrants and how sometimes they are taken advantage of because they don't have like many resources and they don't have the money. They don't have the connections. They don't have even the knowledge of knowing, oh, that person is taking advantage of me, which is very common, unfortunately. And as I was listening to this song like 20 times, suddenly I had the breakthrough of, oh my God, that was my mom in many ways. You know, like I was born in Havana, Cuba. So I'm an immigrant. And when I was born, you know, if you if you don't know about Cuba, Cuba is an immigrant, con it's a communist country. So when you're born in Cuba, you don't have the freedom to leave the country. Everything, including your presence there, is highly controlled by the government. So it's not like in United States, if you want to go the, to Mexico, you book a flight and then you leave freely. In Cuba, it's not like that. Everything is just highly controlled you receive food rations like there is so much scarcity unfortunately and cuba and united states they don't have relationships either so they really struggle bringing resources to the island you know so when i was born my mom had this vision this dream that one day her daughter was gonna have the freedom and the opportunities she couldn't have while growing up in cuba now she didn't know how because living Cuba is illegally. Many people even die in the process of trying to get out, like by the ocean or somewhere else. And But she had this vision and she kept dreaming of this and she kept dreaming of this and she didn't know how. But we, when you hold that vision strong enough, the how magically unfolds to support that long-term vision, in this case of freedom, of opportunities. And when I was nine years old, she got the opportunity to work in Mexico City for the Cuban government for three years only. So after the three years, we were supposed to go back to Cuba again, because Cuba owns you basically if you're born there, okay? So we went three years and the three years passed and we had the flight booked to go to Cuba. One week before flying back, my mom tells me, and I was 12 years old, my mom tells me, Janet, we are not going to go back to Cuba. We don't know when we are going to see our family again. We really have to leave everything. Um, and you cannot tell your friends, you cannot tell our family because this is a, a super high risk decision. You know, when you're 12 years old, you don't know better. You're like, okay, I trust my mom, I guess. <laughs> and I remember that same day, that same night, my Mexi my friends from Mexico, they threw a surprise party because I was going back to Cuba. But of course I couldn't say anything. <laughs> And they gave me so many like teddy bears and kind of like toys and cards. And when we got back to the apartment, 
I mean, this sounds rough, but my mom handed me the scissors and she's like, Janet, we need to cut all of this, put it in the trash because we we can just take one bag and that's it. Like literally, that was the reality. And again, as a kid, I was like, okay. And then I did it. Like, I, I don't remember me feeling resistance, I guess, because I don't know, I feel in those moments, you start suppressing things that later on as an adult, I've realized I still need to heal from a lot of things in my childhood. But at that moment, you don't realize consciously, you know? And then, anyways, uh, I think it was three days after that, someone picked us up from the apartment. We didn't leave a note or anything. And we ran away to another city in Mexico. And we hid there for six months. We were hiding for the Cuban, from the Cuban government because clearly they were looking for us. They didn't know if we were kidnapped or they didn't know if we ran away. Um, and my mom, because she didn't want to have any risk, she didn't leave any note. I mean, she did the best she could because, I mean, this was the first time we were doing something so risky mm -hmm. with her only she child. She was married too, though, correct? She yeah, was she married, was married to my stepfather. So he had no idea. He had no idea. Now, their relationship, since we got to Mexico City, she had realized he had cheated on her. Okay. Um, but I don't know. She kept tolerating, maybe because she had that vision. Honestly, uh, I need to talk more. I want to write a book one day, and I need to interview my mom about all of these details. But her, their relationship was broken earlier on, unfortunately. And yeah, he was working also for the Cuban government, and we were living together. So when we decided to leave, we couldn't tell him clearly because he was working for the national security of Cuba. Like, hello, he, he would, yeah, that, that was not a good idea to tell anyone. And one day he went to work and we had someone waiting for us downstairs and we ran away, like literally, that's it, gone. Our family didn't know about us. It was too risky to let them know. Like no one knew about what happened to us. One day we were there and the other day, we went MIA. Um, so six months, my mom and I hiding in a place. Someone else was helping us in the background. And that person was supposed to give us a signal when the right time arrived to cross the border between Laredo, Texas and Mexico. So we could ask for political asylum. At that moment, Cubans had the right to remain in the United States um, for fear of going back due to political asylum because United States and Cuba, they don't have any relationships at all. So they are afraid that Cuba may do something for, you know, like if you go back, et cetera. So six months passed, we crossed the border uh, successfully, super afraid that day. We didn't know what we were uh, doing, to be honest with you. But somehow it happened. And then the next day we traveled from Texas without knowing the language, without having resources, just one connection, which was my mom's uncle, which by the way, that uncle later on fires my mom with no explanation. And um, literally that was the only income we had. And she was getting paid like $12,000 a year, which is nothing. Like we realized later on that she was, being taken advantage of because the first five years that she worked for him 
Uh, he didn't report anything to the social security. He didn't report anything to the agencies he was supposed. So she was at a disadvantage and she didn't know any of it. Um, but I'm thankful that, you know, in a way, thanks to him, we were able to make it. And what happened afterwards, you know, um, there is not much to say on my end. But yeah, like we went to Puerto Rico. I continued high school. I studied chemical engineering because I really like chemistry. And honestly, since earlier on, Jamie, my main vision, because I knew how much, I mean, my mom doesn't have anything except me. Like she doesn't have financial, like she has relied on me financially since earlier on in my life. And my main goal as a child since earlier on is my mom sacrificed everything. I want to be able to give back to her, um, which is a, um, a big goal for someone so young, you know? So since earlier on, I had to take, I had to make a lot of decisions. And one of the stories I do on the live, which I'm sure I'm gonna get emotional again because this happens every time. It was my high school, like senior year. And you know, in high school, as a senior, you get your high school ring if you buy it, of course. And there wasn't a moment in my mind where it occurred to me to go to my mom and ask money for money for the ring because I knew that my money was trying, my, my mom was trying to get money to put food in the table. So for me, a ring was kind of like, out of the scope in terms of who we were at that moment. So my mom never knew about the ring because me as a child never asked her because earlier on I took that responsibility of, I need to know what's a priority and what's not. And a ring is not a priority right now from where we are at, which if you think about it, I mean, that, that's a lot, right? Yeah. And I didn't tell her anything, but my friends knew and all of my kind of like the 12th grade, which we were like 120 kind of girls, it was an all girls school, they got together and they surprised me because they got money together and they bought me a ring. So that gives me chills. <laughs> that, I mean, that, that for me, like they called me to the auditorium. I didn't know why I was being called and when I entered, like literally everyone was there with the ring. Oh my God, I get emotional because they didn't have to do that really. But I think, you know, when I got there in high school, um, it was hard for me because I got there in October. Like I almost lost the semester, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know English. All the text, most textbooks in Puerto Rico are in English, but we speak Spanish. So it's like a, a mix of Spanglish, honestly. Uh, like there was an all girls school. I'm like, what the heck is this? In Mexico, we were boys and girls. like so many things at the same time. And it was just such a process. Honestly, a lot of those memories, I don't even remember very well. I think my subconscious in a way blocked them for me to be able to survive at that moment, you know? Um, so a lot of my childhood was gotta take responsibility and another pivotal moment was when my mom was fired 
And the only moment we could, the only mom, money we could survive on was the money that I have made from my internships in the oil and gas industry. That's it, because my mom, I mean, that was the only salary she had. And now looking back, I realized how depressed she was for two years that, of course, that earlier on, I didn't know. But now looking back, it's like for her uncle to kind of like, make a decision like firing her and not give her the face of anything not exp an explanation or anything for her was such a low blow that she couldn't comprehend you know mm -hmm. it was really tough and um, so during all those moments you know i grow up as an adult i i come to houston and i realized you know in a way, I have created a lot of resentment towards my mom because I had to be an adult really quick. And, you know, maybe I didn't have the childhood that everyone describes as a childhood, you know. Um, I am emotional. My mom is not that emotional. So I realized that I also needed since earlier on to regulate myself so I could regulate her. Like earlier on, emotionally, I need to be the one dancing around and learning how to really keep it together, you know? And I realized this when I had a therapy, a therapy session and the therapist was like, you haven't had time in your life to throw a tantrum like a child does, like a normal kid does of like, oh my God, I want the ring. Why you're not going to give me the ring? Like all the time for me was like showing up for her, for me, but in a very survival way where you don't have, when you're thinking of food in the table, you don't have time to think and reflect about <laughs> anything else. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, either you are, yeah, as a teenager, having to support yeah 100 percent. you know your entire family or you know you and your mom but there's so many unmet needs and how you had said you didn't even realize at the time how much of that stuff you were suppressing it's almost just like that coping mechanism of don't feel that stuff and especially even then having to kind of dance around your mom's emotions suppressing your own making sure she's okay emotionally, but then there's the physical side of survival. I mean, oh, that is a lot of responsibility. And going to school then and seeing these other kids where, I mean, you're trying to get your physical needs met. What about your wants, a classroom? Yeah, totally. And then like you're a kid. Yeah, I make it, and even in Christmas, everyone was getting gifts, and I'm like, you know, like, you know, I cannot ask for gifts, you know, like that's like um kind of like a nice to have things, and we are not there yet. So even like the comparison of like why my childhood is different, why do I need to provide, you know, at the deepest subconscious level, why do I need to provide so early for my mom? Like all these resentment just started building up within myself and I started questioning a lot of things to be honest and one of the things that I was very frustrated with was 
me telling my mom, mom, you need to get a purpose because I feel she gave everything for me and I became her only purpose. Yeah. <laughs> like truly, like my mom lives with me and my husband now and I love her to death. But all, like really I became her only purpose up to today. Now, before I wasn't in peace with it. Now I'm in peace and full acceptance with it. And I remember just telling her over and over, mom, you have to find a purpose because she moved here with me after one year of being in Houston, Texas. And of course she depends on me financially. And I don't care, honestly, like it's not for the money. I'm like, I'm happy to do it. Like truly, like I'm not, like that's not a, an issue for me. But I wanted her to find a purpose. I'm like, why you don't have a purpose outside of, of me? Why you don't have a purpose outside of the house? And I was just getting obsessed with this idea of like, why you don't have a purpose? And I teach my clients this concept of perception is projection. Yeah. So what I was perceiving on her is the thing that I needed to work on myself. And I think one day after me telling her that I had a breakthrough and I'm like, I'm still in corporate, even though I've taken all my coaching certifications, I'm not really putting the time to build my business, you know? Okay. And I was like, okay, I get it. I get it, universe. And I swear that was just the biggest breakthrough, one of the biggest releases of maybe I'm her only purpose and that's okay because that's for her to figure out is letting go of the control that I wanted to have over her of how her life was going to look like. Exactly. And you know what it makes me think of is just well, the one word responsibility. It's it mm -hmm. almost to me when you were speaking, I thought it felt like one more thing for you to be responsible for her purpose, like yes. get a purpose. I can't be responsible for your purpose. I'm I can't be your purpose. I can't be your only pur purpose. That is that in and of itself is a burden on other people. Totally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So when I change my mindset and I'm like, let me focus on my own purpose for, I mean, she'll figure it out. I mean, she's living with us and everything. Well, let me be like centered within myself, focus on my purpose and show up empowered rather than thinking this is happening to me. Because at the end of the day, Jamie, I'm here because of everything she did. And I always think, she did the best she could, the best she could with the resources she had at that moment. If not, she would have done differently. Yeah. So I think having that compassion and that acceptance of what is, that surrendering to what is, and us reclaiming our power back instead of like so many times we give it to other people, and when we give it to other people, then they are having control over us, right? So reclaiming that power and focusing on how can this serve me? By the way, what is a lesson to be learned? If I'm still struggling with this, there is a lesson to be learned that I've, I haven't got it yet. <laughs> right. My mind just like swirls when you talk because there's there's so much there that I think people can apply to their life. No, I I have never been an immigrant. No, I didn't have to run away. And I can only imagine fearing for your safety, which brings me to so much like how you talked about the resentment. 
And I feel like I always pair up the two words, resentment and silence, because resentment can only build in us when we say stay silent. And I think of how often in your childhood you had to just stay silent and okay, oh. mom, you know, here we're going to run away. Well, dad's at work. We're going to do this. And you, and you know, you're a kid, you, you go along with that, but what were you really thinking and feeling and not, not being able to express that, but instead you suppressed that. And, and when you, I mean, as a parent, I know that, yeah, if your kids don't bring stuff up, often you just, they're good. They're not feeling this and that, but you might be feeling that and you worry that they're feeling something, but you don't want to plant something in them either. But I don't, as a kid, you can't, you, you can't process that. And it even, I'm thinking so much about the, the healing process though of forgiveness and how do you do that? How do you then look at it from a different perspective? And okay, because no one wants to sit on a therapist's couch and cry for the rest of their life and yeah. blame mom for all of their stuff, right? Totally. Because you're only hurting you. Yeah, Unforgiveness, and I, I just could shout that from the rooftops, unforgiveness is not about the other person. It's it not. is about us. And totally. when we carry, when, when we don't forgive, we, we just, we hurt ourselves. We are suffering. And I think, and I'm sure you've kind of went through this process too. When we look at forgiveness and these emotions start to come up, to really look at these emotions and ask ourselves, okay, where is this coming from? It's like really dredge this stuff up, but instead of kind of suppressing or trying to ignore and let it go, which we know it just builds, and that's how we become resentful people. We become unforgiving people. We hold these grudges and it does kill our relationships, but it, it kills us. Totally. And I think of how when we pull this stuff up and we can step back and look at here your mom is, what was it like for mom to, to flee or, you know, first to move over with this nine-year-old daughter? and then work for you know the cuban government and for three years and then when you were 12 to i think your mom is 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 <laughs> i'm sure that this didn't cross your mind as a child but what a badass like do you know how courageous that is to when you are 12 say when your stepdad is at work we're leaving the cuban government what they would have done to you guys had they found you and your stepfather is still basically working for them. I cannot even imagine what was going on inside of her. I can't, I, I cannot like that, that. I can't comprehend that. That is, that is amazing to me. And to get a job, I mean, everything to survive, but she was probably fearing for her life and your life around the clock totally but here's the thing though you are 12 years old and then you're into high school and you're you're a kid that is where you are and you're 
you you want a class ring. I just love the simple thing of a class ring. All these girls have a class ring. I don't have one. And what do most kids do? They throw their temper tantrum. I want a class ring. Why can't I have it? This is it's it's not a it's not a need, it's not a necessity, it's a want. And the fact that you didn't even bring it up to mom, I think speaks so much. And that is one of those points where why didn't I? Because there's a lot of that still in you. Why couldn't I, like, what was I doing? What was I shouldering? Like the responsibilities, the emotions, like you, you mentioned, um, you know, you know, the difference between you and your mom or even feeling like you had to kind of support her emotionally. You couldn't bring up the fact that you wanted a class ring because you didn't, not saying that you knew this as this high school student, but you knew deep down it would crush her. It would kill her. She couldn't, yeah. she could not give that to you. So Total. don't even ask already though, you're taking these emotional burdens off of her. You're trying yeah. to take financial burdens off of her. You're a child. Yeah. And my whole point in all of this is how many adults hold all of this resentment and unforgiveness towards our parents, but we have no idea why. And I love the whole the class ring situation because we all have a class ring situation. We all have multiple situations. And we have no idea why that it was way back then. I didn't bring up that class ring situation because emotionally it, it just would have crushed my mom. She probably felt so much shame, so much guilt. She couldn't provide. She couldn't do this. She, I mean, and really put ourselves in our parents' shoes, what did they go through that now, you know, that, that brings us to this purpose or, or to this spot, you know, in our, in our life? And, and how does it affect me? I mean, there's amazing ways that it has affected you. There's ways that it, it has affected you negatively. But until you explore that in yourself, for yourself, you'll stay stuck. I love that. And it takes a lot of work. <laughs> it takes a lot of work. A lot of work, my friend. And I think of how much, and I, 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 I so admire you for getting on live on Instagram to basically say, you know, here's my story. And I still, I mean, we struggle with forgiveness, whether it's our parents, our partners, our kids, our friends, I mean, anything. And how many of us, though, if we, acknowledge that right there there's an emotional release there is freedom right there and again it's not and i do want to point out because i i have to let you speak because there's so much i'm your brain's probably swirling too you had <laughs> mentioned um and i want to make this clear because there's stuff in all of our childhoods all of them all of them. And I think understanding, number one, there's a couple points I want to make. Understanding what went on in your in, in your parents' childhood affects the way they parented you. That right there should bring out, okay, <laughs> a little bit of level of forgiveness, right? That's one thing. But I feel there is... It, it, you mentioned how like, your mom did not have the luxury to work on herself. She was too busy working on putting some food on the table, mm -hmm. putting a roof over your head, 
clothes on your back. We have this luxury. Yeah. We, we have this luxury. I am carrying these emotions that are negatively affecting me. And I have this luxury that I can try to work through them. Number one for me, but number two, it's going to dramatically improve all of your relationships, the relationship that you have with your mom or whoever it is that you're not forgiving. And, but here's my big, but <laughs> I do not want anybody to think because everybody has stories swirling in their head. This is, does not excuse abuse. Totally. Yeah. Not say, oh, I just need to let go any trauma from my childhood. And there's not one person walking around the face of the earth that hasn't endured some sort of a trauma. This is forgiveness is not wrapping your arms around someone and saying, you know, you 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 sexually abused me, you beat the shit out of me, or you emotionally and mentally abused me. It's okay, I'm I'm good. That's not what forgiveness is. And I think that is where so many people get caught up. It's acknowledging this is what happened. This is what I went through. This is why I'm struggling with whatever it is, anger, resentment, depression, bitterness. And here's how it's affecting me personally, my life. And here's how now I am projecting that shit, right? All over onto everyone else. And that awareness of, huh, I have all this unresolved stuff in me. This, it, which is, it's unforgiveness because forgiveness is release. It's letting go. It's me healing me, releasing it. And if I'm storing it, being aware that I'm projecting it in some shape or form onto everyone I come and encounter with, whether it's my family, it's my friends, or it's society. Hello, road rage. Hello, how you treat the cashier. Yeah. Oh, if you are anywhere in society, you are projecting whatever is unresolved in you. And some of it, so many of us walk around with whether it's sadness and grief, whether it's, you know, rage, hostility, like we feel controlled, we feel manipulated. And we have to be aware of how. I mean, what is it doing to us? Do I want to feel like this anymore? Do I want to carry this around? And lo and behold, take some responsibility for ourselves to heal ourselves because you now are doing damage to other people. Totally. That is something we cannot ignore. I love that. Wow. I just went off on a tangent. Now do you know why I instantly DM'd you? I just, (laughs) so much was coming up because... I, I think too, and, and when you when you spoke live, uh, you talked about like you know just being vulnerable, and I I think you may relate a little bit here. I I admit, and I've tried to suppress this my whole life. I am highly sensitive, and I have tried to portray this. You know, this doesn't bother me. I have thick skin. Let it roll off, and it's not true. I am sensitive and thank goodness, thank God I was given this trait because I see how I can use it to help people. And by just sharing your story and me talking and being vulnerable and being honest, maybe it's going to change someone and they're going to think, holy cow, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is inside of me. 
it's unforgiveness. And I do want to say more because I even wrote down a few things of going through this process because I have been doing this emotional release therapy because this is what it is. It's these stored emotions and we need to release them. Totally. And the tricky thing is like, you know, they are subconscious. I mean, most of our beliefs and emotions and everything else, most of our baggage. And by the way, like you said, baggage or trauma is formed many times, not from traumatic experiences. As a baby, you hit your head and in your mind, it, like as a baby, I'm like, wow, I'm abused. Just by that, you create trauma in our brain. It doesn't relate to having a traumatic history. Like you said, everyone has trauma. Everyone has limiting beliefs at the subconscious level. So I think there is a gap because we are not taught ever who we are. We are not taught how, how to heal earlier on in, in school. So I think the more we share these experiences and the more we talk, the more we realize that it is in our control. Now, I've studied a lot of neurolinguistic programming, hypnosis, as tools to really influence you know, that subconscious programming. And of course, it has to be paired with repetition and taking action because we are like onions, my friends. You take one layer out and guess what? Another layer comes up and we got to heal. So I, I say that I'm, I'm ditching the healed out of my dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> because healing is a lifelong journey, whatever you're healing from, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I can resonate so much with everything you have said. And as I mentioned at the beginning, I started to realize this forgiving our parents or lack of forgiveness was a, a, a pattern. With my coaching clients are multi-generational, multicultural, like black, white, Asian, Indian, like Latins, right? Like all of it. And I, I see it on my clients, sometimes a lack of forgiveness comes as a one to punish. <laughs> For example, my mom did wrong to me. Yeah, she says she's sorry now, but she doesn't know how much damage she did. Like she doesn't deserve to be forgiven. But like you said, Jamie, <laughs> forgiveness is not about your mom she'll not even know if you have forgiven her or not it's not about her it's about achieving the, that inner peace and releasing within yourself yeah. and but i realized when they say that no she doesn't deserve that it's like a need a want to punish the person but you're not it, it's like buddha said and um, not forgiving someone is like you are drinking poison and you're wishing the other person to die. I love that quote. I just love it. And it's true because, and I think this is where our coaching comes in and it's just getting curious and first and foremost with yourself and asking questions. Who am I trying to punish and who am I really punishing? You're trying to punish them by not forgiving as if it's some sort of silent revenge, right? No, you're punishing yourself. That's all. You are choosing to stay there and suffer and seethe or whatever it is, or just whatever, whatever it is you're feeling, you're choosing to hold on to that. And until that can click in your head, 
But I love that you say it's just, you're never healed. You're just always healing. And it takes continuous work. But the more you start going with it, you catch yourself automatically. Like, oh, I'm feeling this resentment right now. Well, where is it coming from? What do I need? I always ask myself because I'll admit resentment is one thing I have really had to work on a lot. And yes, I... I 100%. But but the thing is, is take responsibility for it. I do feel, I mean, my husband was telling me, you're so resentful to this or this or that. And I finally had to be like, damn right I am. <laughs> but why? And, yeah. and then, why am I so resentful? And for me, it was silence. Because when things bother me, I don't speak up. I let it sit there and build and build and build until I'm just good. Like, as if people should know, right? I, and I think it's it's just that it, unforgiveness builds so much and we become bitter. Mm -hmm. And then what it do, what what does it do to you? And I'm curious, through your unforgiveness, you had mentioned in the live video, we have aha moments all the time, but you had got, you were working without working out at the gym with your trainer and all this emotion was coming up and you, and you were saying how you just needed this release. And I love, cause I was even thinking about that when you were talking about peeling back the layers of the onion. So many of us give, give up. We start peeling these layers back and all this emotion comes up and I don't, I'm done with this. I don't want to cry. I don't want to be, I don't want, you know, it gets hard. It gets hard because stuff starts to come up. So how do you, how do you keep peeling the layers back and how do you keep healing? And how do you, how do you, here's the question. How do you, when the stuff keeps coming up, how do you go forward in the forgiveness process and not make it to where you're on repeat ruminating these scenarios in your head and staying stuck there because there's, you have to be, we, we have to be careful with that. I love that so much. And I've been thinking about this when you were talking. So in January, I took a 10 days Vipassana silent meditation course. I don't know if you have heard about Vipassana. It's like, no. oh my God, it's, it's 10 days, you said? 10 days silent. You check in your phone. You don't have access to technology. You cannot write. You cannot talk. You, you cannot do anything except meditating on that technique on silence. And it's just 10 days. They wake you up at 4.30 a.m. You go to bed at 9.30. You meditate 10 hours a day. You eat vegetarian. It's a very regimented course, okay? It's called Vipassana. It's based on a Buddhist meditation technique. So the Buddha says that the two causes for suffering are craving and aversion. Craving is, oh, I like this. I want more of this. And whenever you don't have it, you're like, I want it, I want it, I want it. Aversion is like, oh, I don't like this. This resentment, this anxiety. I don't want it, I don't want it, I don't want it. So we go from, I like this, I want this, I don't like this, I don't want this, I like this. So we go reacting. <laughs> we go reacting from, I like this, I don't like this, and we lack presence. Now, presence 
is the main ingredient for healing and releasing. Imagine, imagine you are with a friend. Imagine you come to me and you're like, Janet, I've been struggling with resentment, anxiety. And I'm like, oh my God, Jamie, stop. Like, I don't want to hear you, go away. We would not be friends for any much longer, probably after that. But imagine if I'm like, let me, let me hear you. What do you need right now? Presence heals. And whenever you finish that conversation with me, you'll feel so much better that you're enough being listened at. You're worthy. It is okay to show up with emotions because we are all human beings. I think what we are lacking, and you were describing that aversion whenever you were talking, you were describing like, oh, we feel this, but we want to chop it down somewhere else because we have dealt with it again. The reason that it's coming up over and over and you feel frustrated is because you haven't, you haven't given this presence to your inner child. <laughs> your inner child wants to be nurtured. It wants presence from you with no judgment, full acceptance of what is you know you have presence when there is no judgment like i also ditch the word of bad emotions no they are not bad emotions if it was the case 90 percent of our thoughts are negatives then that means we don't accept our whole selves which doesn't make any sense <laughs> so i think what we are missing we are missing a couple of things but if someone had to take a key takeaway on how to forgive is just the key thing is having that presence with yourself without no judgment because how you treat others is how you're treating yourself. So whenever you heal, whenever you have presence towards yourself, everything around you is going to be much better in a very positive sense. So how do you heal from that? Be present, meaning, well, in this technique, they teach you to tune into your body because your body is the language of your subconscious mind. And actually a lot of emotions are stored in your body. So they teach you to find your body where that lack of forgiveness is, where that resentment is, tune into your body and observe that spot in your mind. You don't have to physically be observing it, but observe it and stay there with presence, no judgment, full acceptance. And you'll see that with presence, it starts dissipating. Because something that we got to remember is everything is temporary. The unpleasant feelings are temporary. And the pleasant too, because that's life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, so, emotions are supposed to, they're supposed to come and go. Yes, exactly. But we want to always be in a high. I have clients that they're like, Janet, 60% of my thoughts are still negative. And I'm like, congrats. I mean, average is 80 to 90%. <laughs> so I think we have this unrealistic expectation that we have to be positive all the time. Now, there is this sense of taking responsibility, which is really important. And once you accept that feeling, you accept responsibility, and you start asking yourself, what is the lesson here? Because you keep getting repeating patterns where there is a lesson and you haven't learned that lesson, so you haven't broken that pattern. So I think asking yourself, what is the lesson that I need to learn allows you to stay in the empowerment and responsibility side of the equation after practicing acceptance. 
Exactly. You know, and one thing too, and I, I wrote this down because you talked a little bit about the inner child and it, that's a whole, whole nother conversation, but I do, I did write down about that. Um, you said how it wants to be nurtured. And I think that too, it's like, we all have these inner child wounds. We just wanted to be nurtured, cared for, you know, loved, approved, accepted, all of these things. And there's no way that our parents or caregivers, anyone could meet every single need in us. It's impossible because we all have different needs, right? And you can only give so much and, you know, we, that's, it's just impossible. And when there are things that were unmet, you know, in our past, it's still showing up in our present. And if we don't understand what those are though, it's almost impossible to heal from those things. But this is where we can, and, and I've done a little bit of this inner child work, you know, and, and you begin to parent yourself and you talk to your, your child. Oh, Jeanette, this need was not met. I didn't feel nurtured in this way by my mom or cared for in this way. And it was a reality, but guess what? Now I can parent myself. I can, I can meet my own needs. It's I can nurture myself. I can give me what I need. And that is a process, but it nice. is the healing that can come from that and that understanding of we, we, we all can't meet each other's needs. And I think we kind of get stuck in that childlike mind mentality and we expect people to meet our to, to meet all of these emotional needs or whatever, you know, and it's, it's not, it's not possible. Totally. And I've learned, I got married last year and I've learned that with my husband, you know, because for, for a long time, I wanted him to be everything for me, you know, like give me the love, the presence. And yes, he's a, a partner, but I love this quote that says what you lack from others is what you need to give to yourself. So asking for his love, yeah, he loves me, of course. But, you know, I need to give more love to myself, more companionship to my, myself, because whenever you don't feel it within yourself, you can be with the right person. You can be with people who love you. You can be in a room where everyone is cheering you on. And if you haven't done the inner work, you're not going to feel it. You're not going to see it. It's going to be a blind spot for you. I totally agree. And one thing too, I, I wanted to say as part of that, because I know a lot of people just listening, it's like, okay, I, I would like to forgive. I need to release. Where do I begin? And one thing that kind of popped up is I'm putting me into you because I've done some of this work with someone and this is what she does with me. And now I can apply it to myself and I can it's crazy how then when you, like when you speak, I can picture your scenario, but even going through, because this is so easy to do in our heads and it is us basically apologizing. So it would be, you know, you apologizing to your mom. Mom, I am so sorry for what you went through. I can only imagine how scared you were. I can only imagine what it, you know, what it must have felt like for you not being able to provide, you know, some things for me. And 
you know, you go through this process and it does, it brings up a lot of emotions that are yours, but you can have that empathy and that compassion. And since we're speaking more about parents, but I mean, for anybody that you need to forgive, but you can have that empathy and that compassion for your parents, no matter what happened. And again, we have to be careful because I know like with abuse and things like that, it is, but it's, I can only imagine what they went through if they, if, you know, if they did abuse you say, um, what, what, what did they go through? And I'm sorry that you went through that, that, that pain that they, that you're still carrying that is unhealed or, you know, they haven't been able to deal with or, you know, and how they're projecting that onto you. But just that alone is such a release. I forgive you. I forgive you for, you know, treating me that way. It's, there's, there's so much there, but then you can turn that on yourself. Totally. You know, Jeanette, I, you know, if you dealt with like the resentment, I, I forgive you for being resentful for suppressing all of that. That must have been a big burden and a lot of responsibility for you to carry at such an age. But this is parent parenting yourself, talking to you as a child. I'm sorry you had to go through that. I forgive you for holding that resentment towards your mom or towards, you know, towards mom. And then you can release it. It is it takes time to do this to yourself, but it, it, it becomes, it just becomes who we are after. And I remember I was doing this, uh, my second coaching certification, and we were coaching each other, and my coach was coaching me on this. And of course, she gives me the homework, the action item, the task, during the break, five minutes from our conversation, to call my mom and ask her for forgiveness. We, we have this thing, it's based on native ancient Hawaiian's way of energy. But whenever we ask for, for we, we say, I forgive you, we ask for forgiveness. Like, I forgive you, please forgive me too. Because we don't know also how many times we have crossed the boundaries of someone else. So we want to make sure that the forgiveness goes in both directions. And... Um, so I called her and I told her, mom, you know, there are many times that I haven't been showing up like the best daughter. You know, I took responsibility for my actions and I, of course, I got emotional per usual. And I was like, eh, could you please forgive me? You know, and I think that was a pivotal time when I gathered the courage because someone else gave me accountable and... It was a very healing process. And this is also an action item I've given to a couple of coaching clients. And, and when I give them this action item, they freak the heck out. They're like, no, no, like I cannot do this. Mm -hmm. But when they do it, they realize how courageous, how in control they are and how healing it is a process of talking to the person and saying, hey, I'm sorry. Because here's the thing. If we are resentful, we are not showing up as the best to the other person either, right? But, but apologizing for your actions and receiving that forgiveness and saying, I forgive you, please forgive me too. And I did have one client 
that she was in an abusive she has a kind of like a, there was abuse with the father not sexually but verbally and it, it wasn't a, it was a very toxic relationship and she did talk to him and she said hey i forgive you and she has her boundaries and she keeps that relationship at a distance due to the abuse and, and the toxic nature of it so I, I think boundaries, depending on what the situation is, it's super important. But the more your self-respect, your self-love, and your, your self-worth increase within you because you're doing the work, that's going to become more evident because now you realize you're the foundation for everything else. So I love what you said about really talking to the person and even to yourself and saying, I forgive you, you know? Right. And that can even be writing a letter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You never have to give that letter. It can exactly. be just for you and yep. you can rewrite and rewrite and go through it over and over until you feel like you have totally released it. You can burn it, yeah. you can shred it, you can do whatever, but it is, again, who are you staying mad at? Who are you, who, you know, when, when you are punishing them, you know, by unforgiveness, it's, I, I think we have to remember it is us causing us to suffer and it's it's not saying what you did was right and i'm good with it it's saying here's here's what's happened here's how it's affected me and i i just no longer want to carry this when you said um was that a hawaiian thing yeah so i've studied a lot of like i also study a lot of energy and spiritual practices and i've studied what's called huna which is the native ancient hawaiians way of you know seeing energy and forgiving and doing all of this mental and emotional work um so i've traveled a couple of times to ha to hawaii to study that and i use a couple of techniques with my coaching clients and they have these meditation which is very famous but the way they the, my teacher teach it is differently it's called ho'oponopono and i can send you a link now many people know the most popular version this version that i'm going to send you is different and ho'o in hawaiian means to make ho'o pono means make it right it's repeated twice ho'oponopono because it's to make it right twice forgiveness goes in both directions i forgive you please forgive me too that's why it's called Ho'oponopono. <laughs> i love that and whew, we're gonna wrap this up with a pretty bow <laughs> and this will give probably you chills because it gave me chills for the very first time last week i was working with someone that does this zero uh, or like this energy balance thing and at the very end she spoke of I just remember it was a Hawaiian thing. So that's why I was so curious because I, I got chills and she had said, you know, she wants me to look in the mirror and say, thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. And then I couldn't remember if it was I'm forgiven or like forgive me or all that. And so I've just been doing it all. I'm like the whole forgiveness thing. Is it forgive me or I forgive you or I'm forgiven? <laughs> I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't heard, you know, of, of this until last week for the first time. And so the, you bringing yeah. it up now, it's, oh, I'm curious. But I'll send you the other link in case everyone, you know, they want to experience the, the other version. Yeah, definitely.
Jeanette, thank you so much. This has been a fabulous conversation. And I really just hope people will think about, yeah, I mean, what? how, how can I help myself through forgiveness? Because, you know, life is short. <laughs> Who wants to carry, carry all that stuff around, right? Yeah, I mean, it's all optimizing your fulfillment, your happiness while riding the waves of life because we are all human. And thank you so much for having me. This was definitely a highlight of my day, of my week. And I'm just so grateful for this connection and for everyone listening to it. Thank you so much, Amy. Yes. And I'm going to put some of your links in, in the show notes because people have to check out. You are just inspiration all around. So thank you, you so much. So Same to you, my friend. Thank you so much again. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to Authentically Raw. I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email, jamie at jamiebarris.com and let me know what episodes resonate with you and why. Are you a people pleaser? If so, I need your help, please. I'm writing a book about people pleasing titled The People Pleaser's Guide to Pissing People Off to improve your relationships, especially the one you have with yourself. And I'm looking for personal stories of how people pleasing has impacted your life or suck the life out of you. Maybe people-pleasing has held you back, caused you to feel resent, regret, anger, powerlessness, or just plain exhaustion. Let me know how it's impacted your life. Who knows, maybe your story will inspire my writing and grace the pages in some shape or form in this handy-dandy little guide. Also, if you enjoy the authentically raw content, please support the show by following and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Simply scroll down through the episodes and you will see where to do so. Want to learn more about life coaching? Head over to my website, jamiebarris.com and check it out. You can also follow me on social media at Jamie Barris for lots of inspiration and empowerment. One last thing, I'm rooting for you. Be real, be raw, be authentic.